could you maybe share some examples of some case studies or some examples of healing that you've maybe come across or read about or heard about um, in, yeah, in your work? Anybody's ever heard of placebo? That's the answer. Yeah. Everything that's ever been recovered by placebo, which is every disease from cancer, to diabetes. Diabetes is not even disease. That's lifestyle. 90% of cardiovascular disease is lifestyle. 90% of cancer is now lifestyle. So the whole idea is our belief system is my biology is out of control and it is causing all these problems. And I go, no, no, your mind is out of control. The biology is just conforming to what your mind is. Mm -hmm. And just to show you how effective and powerful the mind is, you can hypnotize somebody and you can say, I have here a burning cigarette and I'm going to touch your arm with a burning cigarette. And you take your finger and you touch their arm while they're in hypnosis that this is a burning cigarette, and you touch them, within a minute or two, that individual can express a blister, a whole blister from a burn. So where the hell did the blister come from? I touched him with a finger. No, no. The mind was creating reality. If the mind saw it got burned, then the mind will manifest a blister whether it got burned or not because the mind is manifesting reality. Really? It saw the burn. Yeah. And why is this relevant? Every aspect of our life is like that. We are self-sabotaging ourselves. When we look at our lives, we always look and it's like my failures in life are because the universe is against me. I go, no, it never was that way. Our failures are in life because our programming is against us. And the fact that we are programmable and we can lose our power through the programming, that's what programming can either enhance your power or programming can take away your power. Mm. The fact that the Jesuits have known for 400 years that we can be programmed, that little fact has not disappeared from the leadership of this world. They are programming us more effectively than we've ever been programmed in history. And the programming is all programming of disempowerment. And this is why we have no power over the unfolding of the crap that's happening in our world because we perceive ourselves to be powerless. That's the program. I'm not powerful. And we give them, the other people, the power, and they're the ones that are then programming us. And it's like, step outside, man. It's a red pill time. You are powerful. You can walk on the hot coals. You could, hey, little just story, you know, just because he's a cool. <laughs> in the South, in the U.S., we have fundamentalist religious people, Baptist fundamentalists, you know, and they work themselves up into a state of what called religious ecstasy, where they start speaking in what are called tongues, and they act like weird, crazy people, okay? But well, here's an interesting part about this. These people do what is called testify. Testify. What is that? You do something that no normal person in their right mind would ever do because it's so dangerous, but you do it because you know God will protect you. That's what testify is. I say, well, testify is like what? Well, some of them are called snake handlers. And they handle these very poisonous things like rattlesnakes. And they handle them and the snakes bite them or whatever. And they don't have any adverse effects by it. And I go, what do you mean? They got bit by a snake. It's not, no, their belief in God, their belief in their safe, that's really what it is. They attribute it to God. Really, it's just they're so sure they're safe that even being bitten by a rattlesnake doesn't really produce the harmful effect. But, okay, those are the minor players. Let me give you the one that I wanted to tell you about. Some of them drink strychnine poison 
in toxic doses with the belief that God will protect them. And the point is, they drink the strychnine poison and have no harmful effects. And the point is, it's because of belief. Because if you drink strychnine poison, you're sure as hell going to have a problem. Then how come they don't? They're not genetically different. Their mind is so sure that God protects them. It's the same as walking across hot coals. Yeah. You don't burn yourself, but the moment you have doubt, your mind is no longer holding that truth is the moment you can get burned instantly at that point. Taking a poison is like walking across hot coals in a different way. The poison go in the system, come out of the system without being taken up by the system. But that's, that's part of the brain. That is fascinating. So the reality is, what can the mind do? Well, you can drink strychnine poison and not get sick. That's a damn good start for how <laughs> That is huge. <laughs> now, when people in history, or if you just look at any time, but when people propose ideas, research, concepts that challenge the status quo, that challenge commonly held beliefs, it's often met with like huge resistance. And so I, mean, I know, I mean, that's just, just fact. And I know that of a lot of the ideas and some of the concepts, you know, maybe I think we're maybe hopefully moving more in a positive direction, but especially when your first book came out, you know, these really go up against a lot of commonly held beliefs. Like, what? I did not get a I did not get a lot of love from my community. <laughs> <laughs> what difficulties have you come up against? Actually, none. I'll tell you why. I don't waste my time talking in the medical arena because as I was in there, let's say at Stanford, and my results were clear in the experiments every day I was doing, but was conflicting with the conventional belief. Mm. I had to stand there and defend my results, and I go, I don't have to defend my results. Here are the results. You have to accommodate my results. I don't have to try and defend it. These are the results. The environment is controlling this. And today, that move has now really come into more mainstream. But the, if I would have stayed it, that's why I left Stanford. How many times do I have to repeat this experiment until you finally understand what the hell I'm showing you? And the answer is because their mindset was genes control life. And genes were money. And that's where the money was going, so that's where the belief went. Big pharma. Now it's like, no, and now there's a new science. It's not just epigenetics. It's called behavioral epigenetics. It reveals how your behavior is controlling your genes. And then all of a sudden it says, then the power of your life is not resting in your genes. The power of your life is resting in your consciousness. And our evolution that we're facing on this planet because we have to wake up after being disempowered for thousands of years here now, is to wake up and say, if we want to have a world that we can thrive into, if we want to have a world that we can live into, then we have to change. Mm. I'm not waiting for the government to make the change. You'll never happen. First, you have to change yourself. And the idea is first, you have to take your power back. And if you don't take your power back, then you're a victim of programming and you will only match up to whatever the program is. Oh, my father died when he was 51. My grandfather died when he was 47. Jeez, I'm 50 years old. I think I'm going to die now because that's the belief system. Or my mother got cancer and my grandmother had cancer and therefore I'm going to get cancer. Uh, these are beliefs. If you really believe that, you don't need to have a cancer gene. I can make cancer just by having a belief of cancer. Mm. So the whole message is 
we've been waiting for some people out there to make change. And the answer is it's not coming from out there. If you don't change what's going on in here first, then that world out here is going to stay just the way it is. And and it's interesting because you say, well, Bruce, you're talking about that new age weirdo stuff, you know? Like, <laughs> And I go, listen, the fundamental nature of quantum physics, which is the most validated science on this planet, recognizes that consciousness is creating the world in which we live. That is a fact of this science. And you could say, well, yeah, that's really nice. I say, no, it's not just a fact that you read out of a book. It's a fact that you can put into your life. Because if you do it, you don't have to be a victim. You don't have to go to the damn doctor to get everything taken care of. Why, you were able to heal yourself from the very beginning. There were a lot of people that lived here for like, you know, like a million years before medical school showed up. And they did damn well. And the idea is what? We have to take our power back. And I thank you, Duncan, for giving me a format, a stage, a platform, a soapbox <laughs> on which to stand and tell people the future of our world is in your mind. You want to create the better world, then we really have to work first with us and the world will change outside. The, the old hippie statement was, before you go out and change the world, take care of your own backyard. That's still the answer. Because you can live in the fire of this world, the hot coals of the world that we live in. But if your mind is right, you can walk through the hot coals and never get burned by it. And the answer is, yeah, I could walk through this world and not be affected by it. I'm not going to get the flu, even though the damn television says I'm going to get the flu because the drug company wants me to get the flu shot. And I go, screw you in the flu. I'm not getting the flu. I don't have time for that. So I don't get the flu. What? That's the way it works. Now, a couple of questions just to finish off. What does a fulfilled life mean to you? <laughs> Full, a fulfilled life is to experience what I have now understood and now experienced, which was not my life for 60, 50 years at least, okay? Is that a fulfilled life would be one that you recognize that earth is heaven. You don't wait until I die and then I'm going to go to a place that's whatever beautiful vision I can manifest in my mind because the idea is this is where your mind can manifest visions and make them real. This is where we come to create heaven on earth. And the reality is, yeah, but it doesn't look like heaven on here. I go, yeah, but you're not creating from your conscious mind, are you? You're creating from the programs. And therefore, the programs are the disempowering, self-sabotaging crap that we're experiencing in what is the Garden of Eden. And I can say that from my own personal life is, hey, man, I, what, now 72 doing this for 20-some years, and I can tell you this, I live in a completely different world than I was raised and lived in for 50 years. By what? Changing this. I didn't change the world. I changed this. No doctors. No pharmaceutical drugs in my life. What? Happiness, joy. And, and I say, was my life this way all the time? Absolutely not. <laughs> my life was a pain in the ass and I can't <laughs> write, write a book. I can write a book about it because it's like, you went through that? And I go, yeah, this was really strange. It's going to be a great book, actually. But uh, I can't write that until everybody accepts the science and leaves me alone because when I tell the personal story, it's going to go. <gasps> so, but the point is what? My personal story now is I, I, I sleep like a baby. I wake up to a world 
I can look at the world through two ways, the world that other people live in by watching the news, or I could live in the world the way I live in it, which has nothing to do with the news. I don't have those negative people. I don't have those negative things. Why? The consciousness that I've rewritten for my subconscious does not include them in my worldview. And because they're not in my worldview, then guess what? They're not in my view. I don't see them. I'm living a completely different life. Why? I'm not buying into the story. I have changed the belief system. I look at myself as I am a healthy person. I don't need any drugs and I don't need any doctors. I can be healthy without them. It's my mind that was causing 90% of the illness in the first place. So what's a fulfilled life? Sleep like a baby, wake up to the charm of living on heaven and earth. And that's what I'm doing. And it's fun. And what is okay. one thing all our listeners can start doing today that will have a big positive impact on their lives? To own that the reality that they're seeing in front of them is not a chance or accident or coincidence, that the reality that's in front of them is their co-creating of this reality. If you are recognizing that you are co-creating a, a reality, then you must also recognize you are the one, personal one, that has the power to change all this. Stop seeking power from other people and recognize you are powerful, except for the program that we all got when we grew up, Power, programs of limitation. I mean, what did parents tell us in the first number of years to make us conform? Who do you think you are? You don't deserve this. You can do better than that. You're not that smart. Uh, they were criticizing us to make us perform better. But a child under seven is not working in consciousness. That starts at around seven. So I say, then what is a child hearing under seven? The exact words the parents said, you don't deserve this. Who do you think you are? You're not that smart. You, you know, whatever, you can't do this. You can't do that. The child's recording that, not conscious mind, subconscious program. Then I say, now give that subconscious program control for 95% of the day and think what you're going to get out of that program. And the answer is a struggle, a life that is not fulfilling a life that we're always seeking to be happy and having trouble get there. The fact is, happiness is not an outside job. Happiness is an inside job. We have to change this. And by that cat look on your face, Duncan, you understand exactly what I'm talking about because you've been there. I do indeed. <laughs> I'm working on it. It's a daily thing, but we're getting there. And yeah, this is a uh, Bruce. Where can we send people? Where can people find out more about you and your work? The easiest thing is BruceLipton.com. There's so much on there, so much to download, free to look at, a lot of information, resources, all kinds of good stuff. This is a time of evolution. And the reason why is so critical. Science has been saying this, but the media has not been fully expressing it. And that is this. We are facing what is called the sixth mass extinction of life on this planet. By saying six, that means there are five times in the history of this planet where life was thriving and some cataclysmic event happened and essentially wiped out from 50 to 95 percent of all life at one time. And it started all over again. Five times has happened. They attribute uh, like a comet or asteroid hits the environment and up, you know, upends the, uh, the web of life. And that's one of the sources of a, a mass extinction. Today, we're facing mass extinction. Is it real? I go, yes. How do you know? I go, well, number one, there's always a loss of species. Biologists are studying species are always lost. So there's what is called background. A certain number of species are lost all the time. 
Today, though, the loss of species is 1,000 times greater than background. 1,000 times greater. Fact of life. If you were here in 1970, they did a survey of how many animals were on the planet. Today, two-thirds of those animals have disappeared from the population. We only have one-third the number of animals on the planet today than we're here in 1970. Number two, it is recognized by 2048, which is not a million years from now. 2048, you're going to be here. There will be no fish in the ocean. We've already lost 90% of the fish in the ocean. And why I say is this relevant? We are part of nature. We're not separate from nature. We're built from the web of life. If the web of life collapses, what happens to us? <laughs> okay? I say, so why is this relevant? Because here's what science has recognized. What's the cause of today's mass extinction, which is accelerating quickly? In fact, NASA uh, had a scientific study that revealed that civilization as we know it will collapse within about 20 years. It can't sustain itself. We're not sustainable. It's not going to work. I say, why is it relevant? And the answer is because we are facing this mass extinction and the cause, human behavior. We're undermining our own world. We're, we're destroying the ecosystem. We're killing each other. What the we're destroying everything. So the point is this. We're facing extinction. The change in that extinction is not the physically change out there. It's to change who we are to learn to live in harmony with the world, not destroy the environment in which we live, because that's providing for us. So we're already going into mass extinction. And the point is, well, how am I going to change? And the answer is programming. Our programming is self-destructive and destructive of the world in which we live. And to come out of this, we need to change. Is this a thing like a million years from now we should be worried about? And I go, no, no. This is in your lifetime. These changes are happening now. And if we let the current system continue its running the way it's running, which corporate control, which has no humanity in it, has money as its feeding source, money doesn't care about the environment. Money destroys the environment to make more money. Who gives a damn? Well, I give a damn. I love this place. And how do I love it? Enough that I've rewritten a damn program to actually live in it and go, why would I want to leave this place? Why would I want to leave Earth? It's a manifestation of a garden of beauty. It's life experiences. Come on. Being in love is like, hey, there's nothing that can touch that. And I say, why is it relevant? Because to experience the things that we're talking about, to experience heaven on Earth, there's two ways you can do it. Mentally, I mean, oh, what would heaven on Earth be like mentally? or physically. And the point is this. You can only express it physically if you have a human body. Yes, there's a spiritual field, an energy field with the identity of Bruce that's playing into this human body. The spiritual field of Bruce is an energy. It's here all the time. But the physical part of Bruce comes and goes. I go, well, why is it relevant? I said, when I, I have to tell you the personal story because that's, personal story. I said, I didn't believe in spirituality. 
But my research on understanding the nature of the cell membrane and the fact that each of us has a coded series of antennas on our cells that responds to an information field outside of us, a unique information field, brought me in contact with the reality, oh my God, I am not just Bruce, I'm this energy in the field, an identity. And I stopped at that moment, not being a spiritual person, goes, wait, there's part of me here that's this physical expression and there's this energy part, spirit. I'll give it a scientific name. Field. Okay, that's quantum <laughs> physics. I don't have to upset religious people. It's called the field. I go, why is it relevant? Because at that moment, I asked myself what I think was the most profound question in the world because I had to own now the mechanics of spirituality as a mechanism, not as a belief system. And I asked myself a very simple question. I said, why have a spirit and a body? Why not just be a spirit? The answer arose from 50 trillion cells inside my body. The answer came up, boom, boom, blew my mind because the answer was funny too. I got some funny cells in there, I'm sure, but <laughs> here's the answer. I asked the question, why have a spirit in a body when not just be a spirit? And the answer, I heard from the cells in the form of a question. My cells asked me, Bruce, if you're just a spirit, what does chocolate taste like? Think about that for a minute. Because what happened at that moment is, oh my God, this body is a mechanism. It takes environmental information through vision, through sound, through smell, through taste, through touch. All the environment is being picked up by a nervous system and sent to the brain. And the brain broadcasts the experience back to source. You say, you mean your brain is broadcasting? I go, I told you you could read your brain activity by putting wires on your head called electroencephalograph, EEG. I can read your brain activity because the electrical activity is conducted to the skin. I put the wires and read the electrical activity. But there's a new device called magnetoencephalograph, not electroencephalograph, magnetoencephalograph. It reads the magnetic field. I go, what's unique about it? You ready? The probe is out here. It's not touching your head. I say, but what am I doing out here with this probe? I'm reading your brain function. Point? Your thoughts are not contained in your head. Your thoughts are broadcast to the field. Why? I could read them out here, baby. I don't have to go inside. Out here, you're broadcasting. And so the simple reality is this. Our biological body taste chocolate but the cells convert the chemistry into a vibration which is energy and sends that vibration back to source so the whole idea is this it's a two-way street uh, let, let me summarize this and, and we'll we'll get right to the point we can't go to mars i want to know what mars is all about but i can't i don't know how to what's mars like i can't i can't get there so we send up a thing. It looks like a go-kart with fancy electronics on it. It's called the Mars Rover. I go, what's the Mars Rover? It's the equivalent of a human. It doesn't look like a human. It looks like a go-kart. And I go, no, no, here's how it works. There's a guy at NASA. He sends a signal to the antenna on the Mars Observer, the rover. That causes it to move around. And then what? The observer has sensory devices, cameras and sensors of all kinds picking up the reading of what 
going on in the atmosphere, the environment, the temperature, what's the field look like, and converts that information into a signal and is sent back to NASA. Ready for this? We are Earth rovers. We're not in these bodies. We are sending signals to these bodies. Our cells have antennas called self-receptors that pick up these signals. And therefore, we are being controlled by an energy field being broadcast to us to do what? To move around, to create, and to experience. And the experience is translated by the physical biology into an energy broadcast that's sent out to the source. Cosmic joke of the greatest proportion that humanity will ever, ever hear is this. You don't die and go to heaven. You were born into heaven. This is heaven. And you go around and go, Jesus, don't look like heaven to me. And I go, that's because you're not creating this. You're creating from a program. The program is the destructive thing you are experiencing right here. Change the program. And then you have heaven on earth every day of your life. We were born to make, to experience, to create. That's what heaven's all about. It's creative. I ask, hey, Duncan, tell me what you think about heaven is. And then I say, Mary, you tell me what you think heaven is. And Bob, you tell me what. And everyone's going to give me a different answer. Why? It's creative. Well, then if it's creative, you don't have to wait to go there. Here. This is where we create. You say, yeah, but I don't like the creation. I go, that's because you're not creating from your creative mind. You're creating from a program. Change the program, put the power back in the creative mind, and heaven on earth is yours right now and forever. What a beautiful, what a beautiful note to end on. <laughs> I love, I love, I love the animation and the passion when you're talking. I love, I love, I love like of seeing your face and like I'm just, of, you know, for some people who will be listening to the audio only on iTunes, but if you're watching it on um, the website on YouTube, you're like you're so animated. It's um, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I really appreciate it, Duncan. I so appreciate the opportunity to. to to speak to the community because it's every one of us has to make that decision. Do I want the life that I have or I want the life that I want? Mm. If you want the one you want and it's different than the one you have, then the point is very simple. It's your subconscious that's creating the program you have. If you don't want it, then you have to rewrite it. And when you do, you are self-empowered. And if you all do it, I could look around and go, if everybody's creating heaven, I'm in the midst of it. Thank you.